Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Oh, I can hardly wait to hear some of the responses on Social Studies post week <laughs> one. Sarah, what do you have for us? Oh, it's only sunshine and rainbows and butterflies after yesterday's oh, game. Yeah. I hate yeah. butterflies. What? What's wrong with you? Come on, Jarrett. There's, I don't like any bugs. They're all gross. Butterflies are... No, Just they're not fine. scary. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with butterflies. A beautiful piece of nature. I don't know. I once went to a... Fine, Jarrett, then I won't show be... you my lower back tattoo. <laughs> Right. Even though they should be called flutterbys and not hey. butterflies, but hey. That's oh, true. goodness. Uh, we're on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. More insect takes there later on. Uh, uh, but let's let's start with the Arizona Cardinals now. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're starting off with this pretty basic open-ended question, guys. We're looking for your three biggest takeaways from the Cardinals' loss to Kansas City yesterday. What, what would those three takeaways be? Um... Preparation or lack thereof, um, urgency or lack, lack thereof, <laughs> and I can't get past the the one in six stat in their last seven Jared, games going no back offense, to last year. But that's asking a lot of work from our listeners. Yeah, but, oh, they, they came through. One hundred and fifteen responses, right? Of, okay, one hundred and fifteen yeah. responses so okay. far. Yeah, yeah I, uh, my my takeaways would be um, that the defense was as bad as we feared, that the offense looked as bad as they did at the end of last year, and you've got to really seriously question what is going on in terms of internal leadership and motivation and, and, and how this football team prepares to win football games, because I got news for you, this ain't it. Yeah. Wild. So the reason I'm not worried about our listeners and their responses, Dan Bickley, some people like Bradley P. responded this way. All right. Nothing has changed. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Those were the I three takeaways back. there. Yeah. I dig it all back. Yeah, so we're good. Dude in the Desert says four years in now and Vance Joseph still can't defend a tight end. Let's... Can anyone defend Travis Kelsey? Over the, Not really. yeah, no. And over the last two years, the Cardinals have had the, the best defensive statistics against tight ends. They had five touchdowns over two seasons, I think it was, the one okay. that game. It, it, this is not your 2018 Cardinals. Okay. Touche. Yeah. Uh, he says Greg Dorch and Eno Benjamin looked good. And then roll Kyler Murray out of the pocket, still having balls batted down at the line of scrimmage is ridiculous. Um, EV says the Cardinals looked like they fully expected to lose. That study clause might not have been such a bad idea. And then Simmons and Collins just might not be the answer that we'd hope they'd be. Let's go back to his second point. The study clause might not have been such a bad idea. Do you pin this loss on Kyler Murray? No. No. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I, I know that everyone says the success and the failures all start and end with the quarterback, but I'm not sure Kyler was the issue. No, no turnovers. He, I mean, he was meh. He, 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 I mean, he was just average at best, but that, that was better than 90% of the guys in the red and white uniforms. Yeah. Uh, Mojo Lenz says Steve Keim cannot successfully draft. Michael Bidwell has become cheap and complacent. Uh, complacent, I should say. Here's what I'll say. One thing. Lots of people complaining about Michael Bidwell that don't know how to spell his name. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Almost it's everybody who was insulting them spelled his name wrong. Yeah, maybe that's part of the insult. That's all right. People, Might be. people here at this radio station uh, that label sound bites Whoops. misspell McSorley every single time. Seriously? So, yeah. <laughs> shut up, Jesse. <laughs> Definitely shut up, Jesse. <laughs> He's here. I'm gonna go well, tell listen, him to shut up in real life. Noticed. Here's what I've noticed because because people uh, misspelled Bidwell as Bidwell ridiculous amounts of time when uh, the late Bill Bidwell was running the team. When the Cardinals were reputable and started winning and were competent, it's amazing how people could spell the surname properly. <laughs> and now they spell it wrong again. Yes. Now yeah, you get back into the realm of the embarrassing, and yeah, now it's Bidwell again. Yeah. Uh, Eric Butler says, understaffed, unprepared, unacceptable. All right, let's move on to our second question. Uh, who from the Cardinals had the best game against Kansas City? We're looking for a bright spot here. And then who disappointed you the most? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, I think we had a caller in the 7 o'clock segment who summed it up pretty well in terms of who played well. Dennis Gardeck made a play defensively. He's the only guy that can make that claim. Um, and Greg Dortch was a bright spot and a little bit of Eno Benjamin. Other than that, it was just average yeah. to below average or bad. I'd say that's about right. Mm-hmm. Jimmy from Philly is on the same page as, as you two. He says Eno Benjamin and Greg Dortch, not just a couple of good football players, but a great law firm, too. Have you been hurt in an accident? Call Eno and Dortch. <laughs> That's funny. That's a pretty pretty good That's one, pretty Jimmy good. from Philly. Uh, Greg Dortch, without question, was the most popular response for yeah. the bright spot for the what Cardinals yesterday. What a Dortch! What a Dortch! Is it a good sign in the opening game of the season against one of the best teams in the league that your two bright spots were your fourth string Fringe. wide receiver who was only playing because of an injury and your backup running back. Yeah. 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 Not and, so and a Where are the playmakers at? And a linebacker who wasn't drafted either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Benjamin probably got the second most responses or Dennis Gardeck behind uh, Greg Dortch as far as positives. And then it was kind of all over the place for who was most disappointing. Yeah, it really was all over the place. Let's get to our final question. A fun question. Oh, good. To wrap up social studies. I know we need a little uh, fun injected into this segment right now. For those who haven't seen the video circulating on social media, uh, a select group of Dolphins fans came out of the Dolphins-Pats game yesterday to see that their cars had been incinerated in the parking lot. A tailgater left a grill on, and several cars were burned to a crisp. Like, we are talking blackened, the glass is gone, like, done. What is your craziest, wildest, or most memorable tailgating story? I don't really have any. And here's a controversial take. I don't really like tailgates that much. What? Tell me about Maybe it. Maybe I haven't been to a good one. Nobody invites me anywhere. All this. Uh, but I, I, I marvel at some of the the work that people put in. Oh yeah, that's what's um, that's what's unbelievable. And you're like, the game starts in eight hours. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Like when I had season tickets, and it, you know, at the Sun Devil Stadium days mm-hmm. with my dad, it was not a great tailgating environment. 
parked in a parking garage. Yeah. Right. But we would just stop somewhere, get a sandwich. We'd listen to the pregame show in the car. We'd eat our sandwiches. We'd, you know, have a soda, and then we'd go in and watch the game. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a big tailgate guy. Okay, Vic, what about yeah, you? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd listen. Uh, it's As a, k- a kid growing up in Chicago, it, the weather, the few games I went to, the weather was so foreboding and, and awful that I How would, foreboding was you it? You wouldn't want a tailgate. <laughs> yeah, and, true. And uh, ever since, you know, covering game, I don't, I don't tailgate. Yeah, that's fair. How about you, Sarah? Uh, I have barely been able to tailgate because as a student, I was a reporter, and as a professional, I've been right, working professional. professional. I think we professional. need to get to some of the responses. Right. I, absolutely. I will say, though, I you know what? No. I'll save it for later. JGM Funkmeister says, I went to a Browns-Raiders game in Los Angeles. As many know, that's not really the safest area of town. Several Browns fans showed up to the game wearing Raiders gear over their Cleveland gear, only to remove it once they got to their seats. Oh, that's smart. Seabacher44 uh, <laughs> says, back when the Cardinals were at Sun Devil Stadium, a Packers game. At Sun Devil Stadium, I watched Packers fans drink tons and tons of beer with no water. Their skin went from pasty white to pink to dark red. Oof. After the Cardinals won on the final play of the game, I saw a bunch of those same fans sick and miserable. It still makes me laugh. <laughs> and then there's one from Chad Nine Smith. In 2019, the Rams and the Cowboys played a preseason game at Aloha Stadium in Hawaii. After they took the Pro Bowl away from Hawaii, fans were so hyped to have this game. The tailgating lots were so full that people parked on the freeway and started tailgating there. Wow. Commitment. That is commitment. <laughs> Park on the freeway and started tailgating on the freeway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, on freeway, when I was leaving the stadium yesterday... Um, and it, there was not a whole lot of traffic by the stadium. Everybody had cleared out by then. But I saw one lone Chiefs fan walking on Cardinals Way toward the 101. Oh, no. Fully decked out. All by himself, fully decked out in the Chiefs wolf costume. <laughs> wow. I wanted to take a picture. <laughs> That's tremendous. But, um, yeah, I was like, this guy's going to be... Wow. What What is your core temperature right now? Right. 200 degrees? Are you okay, sir? Yeah. Um, yeah, Martin, right? Martin A. Lopez tweeted us, Jarrett, he says you have a cold ice box for a heart because you don't like dogs and butterflies. There you go. Yeah. Right. Well. And you don't like birds? No, I don't yeah. like any animals or creatures or insects or bugs or anything. But you're an animal, Fish. so... Yes, you are. He's self-loathing. Self-loathing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Sarah. Thanks, That's Sarah. Social Studies every morning at 9 o'clock. Uh, more breakdown of the Cardinals. 23-point opening day loss to the Chiefs. And Steve Kime gets uh, criticized for his draft history. That might continue with the 2022 class if week one was any indication. We'll get into that and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Love you, bro. Love you. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Just has to keep coming. Uh, I'm still thinking a little bit out there. He's got the, the right skill set, and he's um, working hard, but we felt like they were the three guys, and with the numbers we needed other places were, were the right move. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, 
talking about why Trey McBride, the top draft pick of the Cardinals, second-round pick, tight end, a healthy scratch in uh, week one. And the Cardinals, yeah, it's one game, but mm. uh, you know the constant criticism of Steve Kime has been um, his draft performance, the Cardinals' yeah. draft performance in recent years. Week one being the baseline for this year, not going great. And my, my count was off. I did not count uh, the eight snaps that Lasita Smith played at guard at the end of the game. So you had eight snaps from Lasita Smith. You had four snaps from Cameron Thomas and one snap uh, on defense from Christian Matthew. That's not a ton. And that was it. And uh, two of the top three guys you picked... In Trey McBride, my Jay Sanders, the third round pick pass rusher out of uh, Cincinnati, he did not dress either. No. And as I said, that the state of the defense makes the selection of Trey McBride seem rather superfluous given the depth of tight end and given the fact that he just is not ready to play in a game yet because he missed too much of training camp time. And and so there's that. So so you hope that, that that's going to hit at some point in time. But but even so, with, with Max Williams and Zach Ertz uh, in front of him, you just wonder if that was a if that was a, a pick that really should have been allocated to some defensive assets, knowing what we know now about their inactivity in the free agency market. Yeah, but it, I mean, free agency started before the draft. No, that's a, that's a fair yeah, point. But yeah. there was still, even after April, plenty of time between then and now to beef up some, some positions on, on the defensive side. But it's also like so going into the offseason, the defense was going to be the biggest concern because you knew you were losing Chandler Jones. You knew you were already thin. So they trade their first round pick for an offensive player. Okay. It seems sort of irresponsible then to also use your second-round pick on an offensive yeah, player when the offense was the one thing where you think you were good at. And, yeah. and, and again, what they fell back on is the best player on the board uh, theory, which, which again, is a good theory to have. If you've got a guy that, just, in your opinion, should not be sitting there. But the Cardinals have also missed on a lot of those guys. So I, I don't know what to think of that. The other thing that, um, that, that I think um, I found interesting is how many, how many snaps did Kyler Murray take under center yesterday? Oh, wait. Would that be zero? Okay. Uh, I know that in the preseason and leading up to week one, I know that Wolf, among others, had this hope that the Cardinals were reforming their offense behind closed doors and they were going to come out and be completely different. And I know that Wolf, from what I could hear, was taking a lot of optimism in that. It was interesting, the post-game show after the show yesterday, Craig Real, who who does a good job for the Cardinals, said, we got to put that narrative to bed. Because Kyler Murray has no interest in getting under center, and Cliff Kingsbury has no interest in putting him under center. No, you're right. That's not going to happen. And again, and and there was uh, right away. I thought, and it was on the first series of the game, and it's it was exactly the kind of first series you didn't want to see. First play of the game, they darn near had a delay of game penalty. They had an illegal shift penalty that was thrown on the play, which was um, declined because it was just a quarterback scramble that that resulted in a one yard loss. Mm-hmm. And and then you get the then you you rally you rally with a ten yard scramble on second down. You get the third. Third and one at home on the first possession, and you're in the shotgun. I, I just that's the kind of stuff that just kind of makes me scratch my head. Well, and then it, you don't, and then you don't even pick up no, a, a, a blitzing guy off the edge, right, a defensive back, right? Yeah. Right. It was, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's up. it's yeah, and and you you contrast that with what how how buttoned up and and ready to execute the Kansas City Chiefs happen to be, and 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 I don't want to lean too much on hindsight because hindsight can really be a, a, a coward's folly. 
you know, we get a lot of people ripping us in hindsight, and and a lot of times you kind of bristle at that. Like, us? Yeah, like where were you in real time? But but I think that in the case of this, uh, a lot of this stuff kind of could have been predicted. And and I know that Cliff Kingsbury is is confident in his methodology, but a year ago at least they had a few series of actual live reps. This this team had nothing going into yesterday. And so I, I think in retrospect, they'd probably want to uh, do over on that. And I I don't know, man. I just I, I don't understand why urgency and practice happens. Why this stuff is continuing to be an issue here. That's a great that's question. That's not a sign of a healthy organization. No, that's something that needs to be extinguished immediately if the season's going to be anything for the Cardinals. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You'll never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Coming up next, we'll hand out some Monday hardware here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right. We're going to ArizonaSports.com now for today's poll question here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Guys, before the season started, you predicted somewhere in the, what was it, 7, 8, 9 win eight range? 8, 9 range. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's ask that question again. Yeah. After we yesterday, we do have to. After yesterday's loss, how many games do you think the Cardinals win this year? Ten or more wins? Eight to nine? Five to seven? Or four wins or fewer? I'm going to stick with the eight to nine until further notice. I am too. Okay. We can overreact, but I mean, it's there's 16 games left. If they prove their pros next week, we'll have a much different tone on Monday's show. <laughs> and know? again, it's not that they lost, it's how they lost. Sure. Because yeah. a lot of us thought they were going to lose. They were going to lose, game. right. Uh, well, our listeners, our voters are not waiting to overreact. Uh-oh. 68% say the Cardinals are going to win four games oh, man. or fewer. 68%. 19% voted for five to seven wins. 6% voted for ten or more. Another 6% voted for eight to nine. Can you imagine if they go four and 13 and Cliff and Kimes extension hasn't even oh. kicked in yet? Gosh, that makes my doesn't that hurt. start after the season? Five year yeah, extension? I think you're right. Yeah. Well, Jarrett, mark that um, mark that audio so we have that at the end of the season if it's applicable. <laughs> oh, no. we'll, we'll, we'll want that. All right. Uh, thank you, Sarah. That's thank today's you. Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it now on ArizonaSports.com. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Bickley and Murata. Handing out the hardware. Hardware. It's our version of the award show based on what we took in over the weekend. It's brought to you by our friends at Revitalize. Make changes that'll last a lifetime with Revitalize. Give them a call. Join the Bickley and Murata revolution. Schedule that consultation at 480-435-3557 or online at RevitalizeWeightLoss.com. Who want to go first? I'll go. Sarah's going first. Okay. Go ahead. That means you're second pick. Let's go. Uh, This is the best seat in the house award. Goes to an LSU football fan. On Saturday, this fan took himself out onto the field and upgraded his seat. (laughs) 
<laughs> during the Tigers game, mid play against Southern, he I'm not he didn't even run onto the field like he knew he was doing something wrong. He straight up moseyed out to about the ten yard line. Yeah. Hand on his hips, just kind of chilling. Wow. And once that play ended, campus security then went and got him. But that dude was absolutely high on something. But did you like when they actually like put their hands on him? He pushed him away. Yes. He was like, "Yo, get away!" From he me. looked very alarmed that there were people close to him, yes. even though he had walked out onto a football field. Excellent. Bath salts are not good yeah. for you. Not good. Not, not good. good. Okay. Stay off the weed, man. <laughs> the worst nightmare award I'm giving to the San Francisco. 49ers who now have a, well, they've got an interesting little dilemma on their hands. Jake Laser reporting on Fox before their loss to the Bears that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch uh, after they resigned Jimmy G, they met with 15 team, 15 team leaders to be sure that they would have Trey Lance's back if times got tough this season. And so they all agreed, but... Week one lost to the Bears? Yeah, they lo- they scored 10 points to the Bears, and Trey Lance had a quarterback rating of 50.3. How much longer are, are, is Shanahan and Lynch going to have his back? How, how much longer can you ask the team to have his back? Right. Yep. Bad, bad deal. Uh, my uh, first award is the uh, Really Award, and I'm giving it to Arthur Smith. The head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, who were up by 16 points in the fourth quarter against the New Orleans Saints. They blew that lead. They lost the game. And Arthur Smith had some really, really misguided anger toward the media. You guys wrote our obituary uh, back in, in May. And you'll continue to write our obituary. Who cares? Because we got 16 games. And if we don't learn from this and get better, and we got to go go play L.A., they got a three-day uh, three jump on us. So... We'll, we'll watch the tape, we'll look for corrections, and then we got to get, get going on the Rams. It seems like a weird flex to blame the media for writing your obituary, obituary in May when you blew a 16-point lead. And, oh, by the way... Dude, you just lost. Yeah, you don't do that after a loss. You do it after a win. Stupid. That's, your words made us lose. That same game actually was going to get my first award, which was the Party Like It's 2015 award. Because the Saints versus the Falcons featured the number one and number two picks of the 2015 draft against each other. Only seven years later, both on different teams. Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. Wow. Both franchise-changing quarterbacks, you know, when they got drafted. Both on different teams, starting for different teams a handful of years later. Seven years later. I didn't even realize that. Good right. pull, Jarrett. Thank Great you. Great pull, Jarrett. All right. So was that was that, that your, was it, yes. your first? Okay. All right. My next award is the Good Hustle. No, really, Good Hustle Award. And it goes to Jeremiah Ledesma, a goalkeeper for uh, Cadiz, the Log League. Uh, La Liga Soccer Club. Ooh, easy enough for me to say. During their match against Barcelona over the weekend, a fan had a heart attack in the stands. I believe that's Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. yes. Uh, that put a stop to the match, and Ledesma sprinted across the pitch to bring a defibrillator to the medical team addressing uh, the, the person who had had the heart attack. The club put out a statement saying it was a successful resuscitation, and the fan is wow. now in the ICU. But thanks to Ledesma's fast action, uh, this this fan was saved. I did not wow. see that. Look Me at either. that. That's pretty good. Way to go, Ledesma. How about that? 
All right, my last award would be the Tough Checks to Write Award, and I'm giving this award to three schools, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and Georgia Southern. Notre Dame paid Marshall $1.25 million for Marshall to come to Notre Dame, and Marshall wins. Texas A&M paid Appalachian State $1.5 million. App State wins. Georgia Southern was paid $1.423 million to come and play in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they smoked the Cornhuskers. Wow. Best Getting day Scott ever. Frost fired in the process. Best day ever for the Sun Belt Conference. <laughs> About really? Unbelievable day for that conference. They had the best day of any conference in football on Saturday. Wow. Uh, wow. My next award is the Somebody Give This Guy a Day Off Award, and I'm giving it to Stephen A. Smith, who really <laughs> just got his wires crossed on a Friday telecast of, uh, I believe it was First Take, where Molly Karam was asking him questions about what was going to happen this weekend. Listen to this. This is amazing. We've got the best division in football here. Chiefs at Cardinals, Raiders at Chargers, and Broncos at Seahawks. Stephen A., which team in the division will score the most points in week one? I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay, tell me why. Justin Herbert, Williams, Keenan Allen. Okay. All right. I Period. guess we got time Ain't for one more. That we'll, we'll dive in deeper here. Raiders, Chargers. Who are you backing to win this one, Stephen A.? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'll just go with that What a right day, there. everybody. Right what there. a time to be alive. Goodbye. Wow. wow. So the, Raiders are gonna, the Raiders are going to win a game by scoring less points than their opponent. Yeah, first of all, I mean, he gets most of the blame for like completely flip-flopping, but why did Molly ask that question? He just said the Chargers were going to score the most points. That answers your next question of who's going to win the game. She probably doesn't listen to him while they do the show. He clearly doesn't listen to him while he's doing the show. Why? Justin Herbert. (laughs) Kellen Winslow. John Jefferson. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Wow. I I got a kick out of that. Tremendous. Tremendous stuff. Bring it home, Jared. My last award is the It's Not 2022 Award. Wait, no, it is still 2022. But the final four teams in the NFL last year. That uh, of the playoffs, the two semifinals, three of the four teams. The only team to win this week was the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Bengals lost, the Rams lost, the 49ers lost. And none of them looked particularly good and shows you how quickly things can change in the course of a offseason. That is a good point. I mean, Joe Burrow looked very shaky. Four interceptions for Joe Burrow. For, I, was his first pass return for a touchdown by Mika Fitzpatrick? Mika, oh, that, that guy is unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. We talked about, obviously, the Rams and how bad they looked in their first game as the defending champions. And then the 49ers, it's hard to s- sort of consider them the same team that made the semifinals last year. But they are, and they lost. Yeah, they're going to be fine when they get Jimmy G back at quarterback. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, there you go. There's hardware. Coming up next, uh, Big Red Monday concludes our portion of it anyway. We'll do a little crosstalk with Wolf and Luke, who are down at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. That is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata, Wolf and Luke, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. 
Yeah, we've been at it for almost four hours this morning, trying to come up with uh, bright spots or anything to glean from uh, that game that was positive for the Arizona Cardinals. 44-21, the final score. They lose to the Chiefs. And what was an ugly first chapter of 2022? Uh, and uh, we break it down now with Wolf and Luke, who got you for the next four hours uh, from the Cardinals headquarters in Tempe, starting at 10 o'clock. Gentlemen, good morning. What's going, What's going on, on guys? Uh, you got anything on the positive front first? <laughs> uh, there's no. 16 more games, I guess. I don't know. That, could that be might positive. not be a positive, Luke. I know. That's, I, that's, Boy, could be. Could Honestly, be. that's not bad, though. No, that's <laughs> the way it. you offer that. That's up, all I had. That's not bad. 16 more games. Okay. Next. Wolf, um, I, I want to. No, we were just having a discussion in one of the commercial breaks uh, about look, it, can you expect the Chiefs to riddle a, a, a defense that had a lot of question marks on it? Let's be honest. 44 points. Patrick Mahomes was. You know he was he was nails yesterday, uh, and they were dialed in offensively. But, but the Cardinals' offense, I'm a little surprised with how little we saw from them when the game was still in the balance. How surprised were you by that? Yeah, you know, honestly, I expected a shootout. I thought this was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I thought the Arizona Cardinals were going to come out and score with the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was not the case, as we all saw. The biggest disappointment that I had, at least offensively, guys, is, man, it, it was the line of scrimmage. It was the lack of being able to run the ball themselves, and it was the lack of actually being able to protect Kyler Murray. From the very beginning, the pocket started breaking down down and it broke down in the interior. Chris Jones, I think it was one of the one of the first passing attempts that Kyler Murray actually had where he, he splits right through Rodney Hudson and Sean Harlow. And suddenly it was on from that point. It was the line of scrimmage. It's amazing. We talk about all the skill that is on both sides of the ball, right? The the skill for the Kansas City Chiefs, the skill for the Arizona Cardinals offensively, but it was the difference and how the offensive lines played for the Chiefs and for the Cardinals. That really was a difference in this game. I'm curious about this, Wolf, because uh, I know that you have been a proponent of wanting to get Kyler Murray up under center and sort of kind of tap into the play-action dynamic that is eternal in the National Football League. And I'm right there with you. Are you disappointed that that that, that didn't come uh, to fruition? Here we are on the first series of the game. It's third and one, and Kyler's in the shotgun. I, I believe it was an empty backfield of my memory serves me correct. It didn't seem to be the physical kind of football game you, you hope this team was graduating into. Yeah, Danny, honestly, uh, listen, I'm old school. You know it. I am old school. I understand the new age offense is high power. It's explosive. If you look at the best teams in the league, i.e., look at the Buffalo Bills by way of example. Watch what they, they do. They're blending the old and the new guys. It is. It's a blend of putting a quarterback under center, putting him in the shotgun, putting in the putting him in the pistol, moving him around. Would I like to see Kyler Murray more under center? Yes. But listen, if you've got a guy like Kyler Murray that is telling you, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, his coach, he doesn't want to be under center. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think Cliff likes putting a quarterback under center, and I don't think Kyler actually 
really enjoys being under center. And if that's the case, that's one of the reasons why you're probably not going to see a lot of that. Luke, uh, in, in terms of uh, the, the disappointment, and there was a lot to choose from, what, what stood out to you the most from, from the Cardinal standpoint? I, I think just the most concerning part is this is kind of what we wondered we might be seeing from the Cardinals defense. And it's hard because you face Patrick Mahomes, and I get that, and he's going to make anybody look worse than they probably are, but that, there's just there's no positive to take from their defense yesterday, and it's easy to look at that performance and say, okay, yeah, it's one loss, and that's true, but it didn't look like a team that's going to win next week or the week after, and I know it's a dangerous path to go down, but I mean, I heard you say this earlier in your guys' show, Vince, they're 1-6 and six in their last seven games. Yeah. It's a different season, it's a different team, but it felt like just a carryover of last season yesterday, yes. especially in yeah. the first half. See, guys, that was it, and I know, Danny, you feel the same way, but it was. It was a situation where Dave Pash and I were talking about that very thing at the end of the game yesterday and then after the game as well. It did, didn't it? It kind of felt, with one notable exception, and that exception was, again, I thought Kyler Murray played okay. I didn't think he got a lot of help from anybody. I thought he played okay, showed a little bit of uh, resiliency, but this was almost an extension of what we saw last year. We're talking with yeah. uh, Wolf and Luke. They'll take over the airwaves at 10 o'clock live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Wolf, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, on this show, uh, and a lot of the fan base has been saying for much of the offseason and the preseason about, you know, the, specifically the cornerback spot on defense. Got to get reinforcements. Uh, the, the Cardinals, obviously, uh, they went through the, the Jeff Gladney uh, tragedy with, with his untimely passing, but they really did not do much in the offseason to beef up that, that position. You saw the results with some injuries mixed in yesterday. What can they do at this point to beef up that that position? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, you know what? You're going to have to work some type of trade for somebody that might actually be out there. Who knows? Um, You know, a guy that might be dangled by another team. You're going to have to come up with some type of trade. The the problem is, boys, as we all know, you know what? Uh, There's not a lot of teams that are trading cornerbacks that can actually play. That's the difficulty. Now, all of a sudden, too, You've got to look at some of the guys that may be out there, guys that might be free agents, guys that didn't get into a training camp, guys that might actually be signed and bring them in, guys that you're going to have to roll the dice. Listen, it's not a great situation by any stretch of the the imagination right now, but this team was always going to be built on the offense. Never forget that. The defense was going to play off of the offense. Right. This offense, when the the offense doesn't play well and breaks down, this team's in trouble. You just You open yourself up to a lot of criticism when you don't make those moves and people question mm-hmm. them all offseason and then you go out there and, and you knew you were playing the Chiefs in week one so again, even if it looks worse than it actually is, you knew it was going to look after week one like you didn't go out and address certain positions. You open yourself to criticism on, on not playing guys in the preseason and, we, and would that have made a difference yesterday? I don't think they were winning that game if, if Kyler Murray and the offense got two series in the preseason, but to me, you have to have that sense of urgency to be in win-now mode right now because Kyler Murray's contract isn't taking up a quarter of your entire salary cap. Yeah. And in you, you took a path and you chose it, and that's fine, but it just looked so bad yesterday that you're going to get criticized 
it's, for it. It's really hard to justify that approach to the to not playing in preseason games after seeing mm. um, that yesterday. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Wolf. Yeah. The idea that, that once again they're searching for urgency and, and Cliff kind of got into the team's practice habits a little bit. Isn't mm-hmm. that stunning that this is keep happening? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I'd love to have that defined for me right now. Because, right. you know, honestly, really? There's, there was a lack of urgency going into week one at home against the Kansas City Chiefs? I, I don't know if that's exactly what Cliff meant. That that That's just me, guys. Maybe you do. I don't. Um, for me, I'd like to have that a little bit better defined than what Cliff said about that, because I can't believe there was a lack of urgency. And if there was inside that locker room, that's a complete failure all the way down. Yeah, and it was kind of not really in line with how Kyler Murray reacted to that question when he was asked about it, too. Uh, So there there was a little bit of a disconnect there. Guys, we'll be listening. I know you got uh, Cliff on at 145. Have fun, boys. I envy you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we got through it. You can, too, Wolf. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Kyle Vandenbosch for joining us. Thanks to you for hanging out on this initial Big Red Monday of the 2022 season. We can only go upward from here, correct? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Wolf and Luke are up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Have a great day, everybody.